0: Of course I could be wrong, but isn't it more interesting if I'm not, you know, isn't it, isn't, isn't all of this, what we're doing more interesting if there's something to it because
1: the discovery process. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't it more interesting if there's more to look for? Yeah.
0: And, and, and aren't you curious, like even about like something that happened Sunday? Why do you feel, don't you, don't you want, don't people wonder when they see something like that and it impacts them profoundly, yeah. why do you feel those things? Yeah. You know, not to be crass about it, but the reality is like, we, I don't know those people, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so it, it doesn't immediately impact you technically, but it does, you know, why do you feel that way? Aren't you curious mm-hmm. what, what in, what in us wires us up to be, that is tragic. I feel for those people, for us as a, as a nation, as a community, as a nation. And, and, uh, for that 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 community specifically, I feel that your heart breaks for them. I think that those are all authentic feelings that people are having. Don't you want to know why? Or, aren't you curious why? You know, instead of just taking that as red, yeah. ins- instead of just going well, well, yeah, because we kind of do the science thing about it. it's like, well, yeah, because it's sad. Yeah, and you're like, but why? The, yeah. Why do you even have a concept of what that is? That yeah. that's what makes me believe there has to be other things going on here.
1: Yeah. And to see, too, that there, are, there, there is such a wide diversity of emotional reactions to this particular occurrence, and, um, which I think is kind of fascinating to look at and to unpack some of those experiences that you have, the people who, um, it, and this, I think, is the greatest tragedy, uh, that for all my, all my gun friends, that you know, when something like that happens and then they're talking about the Second Amendment, and, well, the government might come and uh, try to take us over, Oh, and we need to be able to, de- to defend ourselves it's like I can get that but do you it, it kind of sounds like at least from a distance and maybe I'm being a little bit judgy here and, and if so I'm, I'm, I'm sorry but I'd really like to hear how you can justify talking about your guns when human lives have, have yeah. expired uh, because it kind of sounds like and I'm just going to make this observation it kind of sounds like you love guns more than you love people interesting uh, and if not then then how do we sort of express that and how do we balance some of those some of those priorities. Cause I have lots of friends who own guns and I think shooting guns is awesome. Mm-hmm. And there is a definitely a part of me who would love to own an AR fifteen just because it's badass. Yeah. And it would be fun. But when I listen to my and, and this is the difference maybe between me and, and some of the people who have gone out and invested large amounts of money in their uh, stockpile of weapons, is that how do you how do you justify that that expense and that risk? And a lot of the stories that I hear at least are well, self-defense. You know, There might be some, some bad guy, whoever that is, and the, the circumstance might arise where I need to uh, weigh the life of my family versus this um, unnamed violent force. And for me, I think that even at that level, there's sort of an inherent danger that you're approaching everybody with suspicion. Mm-hmm. And you, you're starting with the narrative that there's somebody out to get you which part of me tends to think is maybe a little bit of a narcissistic approach. Yeah. that uh, oh is, is is your life or what you have so great that somebody's gonna come from great distances uh, with, with with a weapon or whatever to, to threaten what you have and, and if that's the case why aren't we talking about sharing yeah <laughs> um, because I, I was even thinking about this too because that's that's one thing that you can't undo right now that we've introduced the the possibility or the reality which creates possibilities for everybody else that everywhere you go somebody could have a gun and somebody could fire and I have a bunch of relatives and close friends uh who carry weapons with them all the time Mm -hmm. and and I get that but part of me wonders like once the bullets start flying how do you know who to shoot like in those in those gut reaction stories because uh you know, they talk about in the political rhetoric, the good guy with a gun. Well, they're not wearing colors. They're not wearing, uh, you know, a uniform to identify them as the good guy or the bad guy. How do you know that you're not just going to shoot? They don't have black hats and, and, and long mustaches like yeah. traditional bad guy looking cartoon guy, yeah. you know. Or or what if, like, somebody starts to pull a gun and I, there's a YouTube video, and, and I think this is probably probably too two of a guy who had an AR-15, and he was it, it, the, the clip opened up with him. Uh, just walking around, and he looked like a normal guy, and then he pulls this AR-15 out of his out of his pants, and then uh, puts in and then drops out like six or seven clips, and then he pulls uh, some sort of pistol out of out of his back pocket, uh, just to sort of demonstrate that you can't see that immediately. Yeah. So, what if there is a guy like that who walks in with an AR-15 down his pants, and he's starting to get it out, and then uh, somebody goes to stop him before he actually gets out of the, the pants, and he ends up wrestling the gun away, and maybe a shot goes off. How did the bystanders know that the person who now has the gun is not the one who started with it? Yeah. Uh, and for me, that's, that creates a lot of ambiguity. and uh, Because then you could be the guy who accidentally shoots somebody who was the hero mm-hmm. of, of the day.
0: That's true. I hadn't thought of that. I was. Um, I tend to kind of agree, you know, look, I'm a, I'm a registered Democrat. I'm not coming for anybody's guns, mm-hmm. certainly. I've been overseas. I understand the value of a firearm, especially a firearm in the correct hands. Yep. Um, I'm of the opinion that mine are not the correct ones, um, although I did, I did shoot expert with our crappy pistol, but... No nice. Uh, but that being said, you know, I'm not about... I don't have a desire. I own a couple of guns that are up of my parents that are, like, hunting guns, even though yep. I don't hunt, so I don't know why we have them, but... <laughs> I'm not somebody that's about to go out and buy a handgun and carry it around with me. Uh, and like you, I know a lot of people that do. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I'm not somebody that's coming for mm. them. Um, but I think that in a in a culture that it has so much hate in it, mm. and so much um, suspicion, and yeah. even paranoia, maybe. Yeah. Um, and I'm look. By the way. It, it, I know we're being extra careful here I don't want to say to, I'm not saying that gun owners are paranoid, no. you know I'm just saying that like that that permeates our culture right now, those those feelings, and I think you're right, it's at least worth saying that adding a bunch of guns to that mix certainly makes it more complicated, not less yeah. um, does it make it worse? Maybe, you know what I mean I mean maybe, I I, I really don't know, and these are not thoughts that I've formulated fully yeah. but I do know that there is so much hate and animosity out there. there there's so much suspicion of other people even the people that look I live with that every day yeah. being suspicious of the worst thing the worst possible thing happening yeah. um, if I had a gun I would probably use it irresponsibly if I had it with me all the time because I'm suspicious of everybody um, oddly you know for no reason it's, you're sitting in a place where it's like there's no reason why any of this would ever happen and yet it's possible Uh, Orlando certainly taught us that, but at the same time, it's like, should everybody have that ability? Should everybody have, you know, I mean, should they is, is really the, I I,
1: I don't know, you know? And I don't think we have to answer that. Like I don't have to answer. Uh, I don't feel like I have to answer other people owning guns. Like, that's fine. Like I know lots of people and I I fully trust them. I think they would be, I know that they're more responsible with a firearm than I would be. Yeah. Um, but I also know that I don't trust myself and so I don't. I don't get one, because I can remember a guy, uh, a friend of a friend was driving down the highway, and he was some sort of a military officer, and so he he had a sidearm on him him, uh, all the time, and he was driving down uh, the road, and some guy um, thought that this guy who had the gun cut him off, and so he drives up next to him, and he's clearly very angry, and he has a hammer in his hand, and then, of course, the guy just pulls out a sidearm just shows it <laughs> <laughs> waves the guy the guy drops back off and that's sort of where that, that ended and I'm like I don't know that I could resist doing that like yeah. I just know how I am driving and I don't know that I could resist the temptation to uh, to just let people know that you don't want to mess with me right now yeah. but then of course what happens then if somebody else does that and they're like oh you have a gun I've got a gun too now what yeah. and then it's like oh that's a good question or they've
0: got a gun and they see yours and they're like oh he's going to shoot me <laughs> right yeah you know? yeah uh, well, like I said, just with the, our inability, our inability, maybe isn't the right word, but the, the fact that we have a hard time trusting other people, um, that we have, again, all just the hatred that's kind of around, you you add that and it's just like you're shaking, shaking everything up, you know, and we're giving people the ability, now look, if somebody wants to hurt somebody and they don't have a gun, they're still, fi- they'll, they'll find a way to do it. I'm not saying that they are the cause of all violence, um, but I, I am saying that it's it certainly, it's at least a... A catalyst, that's the word I've been looking for. It catalyzes all of these things together. Uh, It makes volatile situations more so. And I also, I think, you know, I have respect for the fact that um, a lot of the time these guns aren't acquired legally. I I understand that as well. Um, this, This one was sort of interesting, I think, because he did get it legally yep. which I, I assumed initially wasn't going to be the case mm-hmm. uh, I also subsequently have found out that Florida has some of the most lax gun control laws in the yeah. entire country um, and my thought on that is that uh, I don't understand why there's not more federal oversight uh, on on just establishing some standards within this across the yeah. board for these things. Um, I know we said we weren't going to talk about this, but that's that's just what I think of it. And you know, because we set a national age for drinking and for driving a car and for buying cigarettes, but for some reason we won't set a bunch of national yeah. standards for gun control. And I really don't know why, um, because look. If you are a responsible person, which is 99% mm-hmm. of the... You, when, yeah. I'll take that back. 100% of the people that I know that own guns are mm-hmm. responsible gun owners yep. who got them, acquired them legally. They did the way... They went and took their concealed carry. They know how to handle gun. They have a proper respect for them, and they have them because they hunt or because they um, they want to be able to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally fine with all of that. I, I, said, I texted a friend the other day that people were like... Um, Again, I have a lot of friends that were kind of freaking out about the gun control thing, too. And they're like, oh, they're trying to make it harder for people to get guns and this and that. And I, I said, no, if you're using it responsibly, I'm not talking to you. Yeah. We're We're talking to the people that aren't using them, you know if you're a responsible person that already went through all the jump through all the hoops to get this stuff and did it legally we're not talking about you no. we're talking about the people that go to gun shows to get to use that loophole so that they can have it as quick as possible to do something insidious with it that's no. what we're talking about if you are a responsible gun owner and they make it harder to get a gun you're still going to do it because no. you already had to go through that process once
1: you know and I saw this on I think it was Obama's speech that he had said that this I, maybe I'm So if it's an error, it's my error for remembering it. But I thought Obama had said that they wouldn't allow this guy on airplanes because he he had had some connection that looked like it was suspicious enough that they put him on the no-fly list, but yet he could just go down the street and buy it. That, that to me, is an interesting juxtaposition. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, I think we can, because we could go back and forth about gun control, and people are all over the board on how to, from a practical level um, or from a legislative level, how we could sort of address that particular piece of the problem, but I think the, maybe the deeper issue, and this is the one where I don't know a lot of people are really equipped to talk about it, is that you know that even though you have a gun, you're still not safe, right? Mm-hmm. You're not safe in the way that you want to believe you're safe, and whether or not you have a gun, it's probably not going to solve the bigger problem, which is that there are people um, people groups that don't get along. There are individuals who don't get along. There are people out there who uh, aren't even at peace with themselves enough to be able to feel like they can interact with other people in a nonviolent or uh, really a humane, humane way. And that's the part that we, as a society, have a vested interest in not talking about. Because those are precisely the things we can make any kind of law that we want around guns, and that's why we're talking about this as a as a gun issue. And uh, we know that there are all sorts of um, problematic problems between relationships between like uh, between different groups, like the LGBT community, between uh, Muslims and the rest of Americans, and you could even throw Christians absolutely. I think in that in that mix. Uh, so we could, we could come up with some best practices uh, in those circumstances and, and best ideas. But the deeper issue and the problem that we, it's precisely the problem that we can't solve is that we don't know how to just get along with each other and with ourselves on a, on a very basic yeah. and fundamental level. Yeah.
0: And what I, you know, I think we talked about before is that what I know is not the answer. Yeah. It, it's is more hate. Yeah. I, I, I just know that that isn't going to make anything any better And trying to blame, uh, blame people for, or a certain group of people for these kind of things. And so some of the worst stuff I've seen there, somebody posted a video of some church. I can't remember where it was. It's one of those crazy, super conservative, like, and they said like, well, this is what God does to yep. people and I was like oh man that's not helping anybody
1: mm-hmm.
0: like why why even you know what if that's what you have to say about it then keep your mouth shut because
1: because that political statement benefits them right? yeah oh yeah the political statement and this is I think the, the larger dangerous kind of conversation is that not just fundamental it's not just fundamentalists it's crazy preachers are, who are doing this but this is this is the only mechanism that we have to deal with this tragedy, which is that we have to identify the bad guy. Yeah. So who's the bad guy? Well, the, the Baptist preacher says it's it's gay people, and so God's going to get them, and that works for that that system and that explanation, and so that that reinforces what what they think they already know. And for the you know left winger um, anti gun people, look clearly here's the problem. The, the problem is. The NRA—it's people with all these guns. Yep. Uh, they're the bad guy. We need to work on work on shutting them down or disempowering them in one uh, one way or another to again reinforce their own mm-hmm. uh, political uh, positions. And you can really take that stance. And um, maybe I, it would be in my best interest to not go this this distance too. But I think that uh, there's room in this conversation to say, look. We're the victim community, again, mm-hmm. uh, and that reinforces, well, you need to help us, the bad guys, or everybody who's not listening to us, not not paying attention or trying to protect us, all all the, the ways that we've been failed as a community together, uh, that reinforces their narrative. Now, it isn't necessarily the, the case that those aren't true stories uh, or that there's not value to them, but... There's a common theme in all of them, which is that there's a separation between the, the good people or the okay people and the people who have a problem. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the only way that we're actually going to get better is to, to admit that collectively this is not their problem, but this is our problem. Totally agree. And that uh, the other thing that I think most of us aren't saying is that it's it's probably not quite as hard as we not quite as hard to, to relate to the shooter as most of us would like to admit like mm. uh, I, I think most of us have been in a place in our lives where we've been so angry with some people because um, I, I, I can remember the instance that I was thinking of that uh, I moved before my senior year of high school and sort of my only consolation for making this move which uh, turned out to, to be kind of hard on a number of levels was that I had this nice car and I I spent all summer working to, to put this this is dating me but to buy a CD player to put in my car Ooh. And uh, I had it for like two months and somebody in the middle of the night came to my house, probably followed me from school, came to my house, broke into my car, uh, stole my my stereo system, stole the CDs that I had sitting in my car and caused a whole bunch of damage to the inside of the car too. And I was just thinking, you know, that that was the last straw for me. And if I ever found out who that person was, I was going to track them down. I was going to go to their house and Mm -hmm. I was going to do some terrible things. And I had, you know, even... I'm going to bring some duct tape and some pliers and a chair and I'm going to like put them in my trunk and then I'm going to take them to my basement and I'm going to uh, yeah. take the pliers and, you know, wrench their fingernails yeah. out one by one, you know, uh, which is maybe a sick thing to, to admit out loud. But I think we also have to own that most of us probably have that piece of themselves somewhere in them. Mm. So when we wonder, you know, where did this, where did this hate or where did this violence come from? It came from us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's something pretty human uh, about that act as well, and we probably need to take some ownership.
0: And it's the, it's what we were talking about before, it's the um, understanding that when you feel as though you've experienced an injustice so great that Mm -hmm. it makes you that angry, that it makes you want to, that makes you entertain the idea of doing those things, that um, that is part of the experience of being a person, and you certainly can't control, you know, I, I I was angry for a long time mm-hmm. about just about the stuff that had happened to me. Yeah. And I spent a lot of time trying to figure out whose fault it was. Yeah. And I unfairly blamed an ex-girlfriend for a long time. Mm-hmm. And you know, again, that that's not, it's not her fault. And I, I had this, th- I was thinking of just sitting around thinking about this the other day and I had the thought that's like, I should apologize to her for putting the responsibility of my emotions mm-hmm. onto her yeah. and, and saying like, I feel this way and it's your fault. Yeah, you know. Um, which did of, you
1: ever tell her that? No,
0: I haven't. Okay. Because I just thought of it like the other day. No, I
1: mean, did you ever tell her this was your fault? Oh yeah, Probably. Okay.
0: yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, I said not nice things, uh, yeah. which I feel bad about now, but um, yeah. but that it's not your fault; it's yeah. mine. It because I feel that way, and it's not even, and it's like you said too. We try to ascribe the value of that being negative, yeah, and it's just kind of it's just kind of like, no, this is how you feel. I'm routinely reminded by my therapist that like, no, you are feeling the way that you are supposed to be feeling, yeah. given the things that have happened. And um, I think we're sitting in my, we're sitting in the PCAS studio, mm-hmm. which is my apartment. And on the wall, we were talking about this before, there's a post that says your story is important. And in order for your story to, and I believe that's true, um, and in order for us to start to understand why, it means that you have to start looking back at what is my story and, and really figuring out. And you know, part of the problem is that uh, we're used to a narrative with a bad guy, like you were talking about before. We're used to a narrative with some identifiable. Look at the structure of almost every like, uh, action movie or television yeah. show that we consume like that. There's an easily identifiable bad guy. Yeah. And if you're interested in this kind of stuff, by the way, everybody listening at home, there's a really fantastic book of essays called I Wear the Black Hat. Hmm. Which is um, by Chuck Klosterman, and he uh, talks exclusively about evil, but not in the way that we're talking about it. It's it's uh, he really grapples with it and like, but ties in all these pop culture references and stuff, and it's very very interesting. And just our con- our concepts of what evil looks like and how we deal with it uh, in an, as sort of a religious. Um, I don't know if that's a word. It sounded like a good word though, in, in an a religious setting. So it's not. He's not talking about like God and the devil. He's more talking about like evil as a thing and okay. how society deals with it, um, which is which would be interesting to read now, given uh, what has happened recently. Um, I remember I read it like the span of like a week, so it was mm. it must have been pretty good. Or I was just had nothing
1: going on. Would this be an inappropriate time to bring in Game of Thrones? It, <laughs> you certainly are allowed to, because <laughs> I mean. For me, it was almost a little bit ironic that you know Orlando happened, and then a week after that, uh, maybe this is just me, maybe I'm the only one who who saw this, but there was probably, a character. Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> there's a character in Game of Thrones who they've been building up as just a bad dude, like he likes hurting people, all this stuff, and then uh, finally, then the scene came between there was a good guy and a bad guy, and they fought in a big war together, and then the good guy won. And there was a part of me that I noticed myself. Yes, I've been waiting for this part. And then, uh, uh, hopefully, I haven't given any details away. So if you haven't seen the show, you shouldn't know. Spoil- spoilers. This, this shouldn't be a, a yeah. spoiler alert unless unless you've just wa- been watching it a little bit. But uh, so, anyways, th- there was a bad guy who got his comeuppance, so to speak. And there's a part of me that was like, yes, finally he he got a taste of his own medicine, so to speak. But then if you're doing accounting, if you care about the, uh, you know, the metrics of suffering, um, or or the measures of suffering, there's no way to ever give him back for him to receive the amount of suffering that he collectively doled out. Mm -hmm. And so for me, there's like that, Oh, like I, I thought I was waiting for this moment and a, it wasn't bad enough. Uh, and B, um, there's really no way to really, undo or bring reconciliation especially when you're talking about violence to that circumstance and three he was a bad guy because uh, he enjoyed watching people suffer and here I was enjoying watching like him, him suffer, suffer. Uh, and for me I think that there, there's something about because I've had this sort of vague question rolling around in the back of my mind as all of this has uh, been happening and as I've been watching this stuff and, and to a certain extent living in this in this world which is what are you going to give your life to? Hmm. And because the, the shooter down in Orlando ended up with the resolution, well, I'm going to give my life to this one night of violence. And, uh, you could look at that character on the show. Well, I'm giving my life to experience maximizing my own pleasure, pleasure by watching other people suffer. And you can sort of look around and well, I'm, I'm giving my life to protect, protect or promote this particular political stance. Um, which maybe it's terse or maybe I'm wrong to have this perspective, but I'm like, isn't that wrong? Like if, if that's all you have to give your life to is, is to a cause or to, uh, I mean, for a lot of people, I think they, the reality is, is that they devote the vast majority of their time and, and waking energy to work Yeah. Uh, for those people who don't believe in what their, their job or their company stands for. I mean, I think that's, I think there's some level of wrong that's yeah. going on in that, but like you've you've compromised the value of yourself so that you could you know be a really great salesperson or, mm-hmm. or whatever that happens to be, um, and in light of and, and in light of violent and, and tragic events like Orlando or uh, you know any other countless story bad news story circulating on the on the news, we should be asking ourselves you know what's What's really the best thing that we can give ourselves yeah. and our time to? That,
0: you know, that's my, as we're kind of coming up in uh, the end of this, that, that that is my greatest hope and what I believe God is capable of doing, which is that that's, this thing, look, this thing happened. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing we can do that will make it not have happened. Mm-hmm. And to your point, there's nobody we can kill that will bring those people back or make us feel it's, you know, how many, again, to speak to the sort of wisdom of popular media, how many times do you see in movies like that? Where it's like, if I just kill this guy that killed my wife or whatever, it'll make me, it'll make everything better. And there's always that character that's like, that's not going to make you feel any better. It's yeah. not gonna Or that's the ultimate lesson that they learn is that like, I did this yeah. thing and it didn't make me, it didn't make it any better and they weren't back alive. And, um, so with that being said, you know, my sincere hope and belief is that out of this will come, um, communities that have come together, people yeah. that have uh, experienced, maybe experienced, and especially in, in specific to the LGBT uh, community, that experience an acceptance or at least a, 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 have experience of love from other people that they haven't had previously. Um, I think that is amazing that people do that and like like we were talking about with the two rivers thing too that like that you know they probably would have had that response regardless of what happened but it seems even more poignant given the context or yeah. given the juxtaposition to what happened on sunday and my other hope is that if if people are out there sit and maybe listening to this and going um this shook this shook me up it, it it shook my foundations and it made it made me start asking questions that you were just articulating which is what what am i doing what which, I, I go to a job I don't like maybe or I go and I put so much time and energy and I don't feel like I'm living. I don't feel – and this made you think like, oh, it could – tomorrow could be the last day and that I need to start doing the things that really make me happy. I need to find something I'm passionate about. You know what? I'm not saying quit your job, but I'm saying find something that really gets you fired up. Start a podcast like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just do – make a thing. Do something be excited about it. And if this event that is so tragic made you feel those things, then take those feelings and run with them. Because the best thing that you could do, I think for those people in memory of them is go, they made me realize that I need to be going and doing something. And I, I would like to think that that's as good of a, um, a, a tribute to those people as anything is that, boy, that really made me wake up and go out and, chain and be beast and chain, try and affect some change and be something and put positive things in the world. And, um, that's what I hope people do, you know?
1: <clears throat> and I have, I know you're wanting to wrap this up, but I have one really cynical question and hopefully some optimism Go to, uh, to share at the end. The cynical question that I have is, do you think that we'd really be able to appreciate being where we are in our life without, Sort of firsthand seeing some of the strategy. Mm. Like, uh, one of my favorite movies is Fight Club. Yeah. And uh, I love the scene where Tyler Durden takes this uh, convenience store clerk, puts him out on his knees, uh, puts a gun to the back of his head, and and uh, you know asks him, "What do you want to do with your life?" And he's like, "Oh, well, I want to be a veter- veterinarian, but yeah. uh, too much school or too much money." And then he says, he takes his license and says, "If you're not on your way to being a sick, uh, veterinarian in six months, I'm going to track you down." and I will kill you. And, and then he gets up and runs away, and then with, as you put it before, it's negation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a part of me that at least speculates or wonders, you know, are we able to experience things as being good and enjoyable without having their antithesis present? Mm-hmm. Like, w- would, would the good feel as good as it does without some reminder that it that it could be otherwise, yeah. or that you could lose something that you have? Because I think here's the great irony of being an, being an American is that we really in terms of most of the metrics that we say count we have it great yeah. and yet when it comes to mental health or, or sort of your the status of your spirituality a lot of people um, are not happy we have huge anxiety issues and depression issues and uh, we have a major ingratitude problem mm-hmm. um, but then when s- some of this stuff comes up uh, then we're, it's, it's only in light of those that we're able to say, oh yeah, yeah, actually life is at least okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known that or I wouldn't have experienced it until the television told me that it could be a whole lot worse. Yeah. Um, so that's, that I think is weird. Uh, sort of the, the optimistic thing is, and I think this is wisdom. At this point in my life, I think this feels like wisdom. I could be wrong about it. <laughs> I think this feels like wisdom. <laughs> but when you're talking about giving your life to a thing, uh, wisdom seems to tell me, let, let that thing be people yeah. rather than it being a cause or rather than it being, uh, you know, I, I, maybe you are, maybe you're not. I don't think you're doing this podcast just for the sake of having a podcast, nope. but in the hopes that there might be somebody out there for whom this will be helpful mm-hmm. or, or will help uh, to open up their uh, experience or, or maybe even to prompt them to have better conversations with people around them we do it for those people and you don't get to see that so uh, probably you'll you'll miss most of the enjoyment or or the validation that that will come from this and that's just the nature of this venue but uh, for us I think it always comes back to people like the universal experience uh, or near universal experience uh, in talking with a lot of new parents is that um, we we just had a group of guys that were sitting around drinking beer uh, at Fong's Pizza in Ankeny and uh, and we're all kind of from different backgrounds in life, but one of them talked about, man, when I became a father, things really changed my perspective on what I thought life is supposed to be about and he and one of the guys was like, for the first time like i don't really care about my job I don't really care about success yeah. i don't really care about because I, I have this kid who depends on me, and they've got me wrapped around their their finger like they didn't use this language, but i I 'd use this language for my own parental experience." That you become a slave to this mm. tiny human, and it's the best thing yeah. ever. Like, what what a great what a great slave master to have is this tiny human who is irrational and uh, vulnerable and and fragile uh, and so curious. Um, and so, for me, like, I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna live for them, yeah. and uh, if I can if I can be some sort of positive resource for other people around, I wanna I wanna be able to do that, and that's for me been the the best. I think you yeah I think that what you said uh, to answer your, what you call the cynical
0: mm. question which I don't think is cynical I think it's it's a fair question um, you know I, I've said this a couple times to my girlfriend for sure but I don't know if I've said to you or not which is that um, people the best example of this is when I go in to take an exam mm. in, in college right now and I just kind of have this attitude of like I'm going to do how I do yeah. I, 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 I studied for it mm. maybe not as hard as I should have but i will do what I do. I'm not going to fail it. If mm-hmm. I don't get an A on it, it's not going to be the end of the world. And I'm never, almost never nervous for them. Yeah. And I was talking to somebody about that. One oh, of my, my physiology professors, because she was saying, like, people come in and they freak themselves out yeah. about, oh, this is the biggest deal. And if I don't do well, it's going to be, if I don't get yeah. an A in this class, it's going to be the end of the world and this and that. And look, if you're somebody that's in college right now and you have those feelings, I'm not saying that you're, like, wrong. What I am saying is that um, I went overseas to Afghanistan and came home. I watch people die frequently at my job or I ex- or at very least experience them in terrible circumstances. You're not going to convince me this stupid test really matters that much. Yeah. And so I think for me, the answer to your question is that, yeah, maybe we wouldn't I, I wouldn't appreciate I wouldn't have that attitude about life or have made a podcast if I didn't have but I have. I'm realizing I'm constantly surrounded by reminders that it could yeah. be otherwise. Yeah. And it could be the reason that I have the attitude about things that I have. Yeah. Um, And really the reality is that, like I said, you know, we went, we took 200 some people to Afghanistan and we came home with all of them and we're very lucky that that happened. And it certainly could be another way and it wasn't. And we should be, you don't have to walk around every day like a jerk being like, isn't today, isn't everything great? You know, like I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that have, it, it lends perspective to things. And I understand if you're 19, 20 years old and you've, you, what perspective do you have really other than like I went to school and the only thing I've known is school this is where I achieve yeah. um you know it, Eric Williams in the last episode talked a little yeah. about that which was that yeah. you know once sports went away it's like oh I don't think I know who I am now yeah. you know and you you just have to something has to happen in your life where you are reminded of what really really matters yeah. and for a lot of people that is having children you go yeah. oh my gosh this really changes everything mm-hmm. for those of us that Went overseas and and were in places like Afghanistan, Iraq. The fact that we came home at all yeah. is the thing that lends that perspective. Is the thing that makes you go, "Oh wait, here's the stuff that's really important." Um, and um, I'm, you know, you can't for you, you you can't force those experiences to happen. They just do. And the funny thing is, you don't always know it. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I I certainly didn't appreciate until much later. The reality that, like, because, look, dude, all that bad stuff that happened to me happened all around the same time. Yeah. And so I really lost perspective on the fact, like, you know what? Yeah, somebody passed. My grandmother passed away, which was sad. And uh, the whole breakup thing happened, which was also sad and really disruptive. But I lost perspective on the fact, like, but I came home and I'm not dead. No. Yeah. I came home with all my fingers and toes and more more or less mentally intact. Like, that is something to be grateful for. And it once I started really wrestling with that, it really put all that other stuff into perspective. It really, really did. And helped me to deal with, it helped me to realize that like, especially with the breakup and all that stuff, just going
1: like, maybe you're making a bigger deal out of this than it needs to be, you know? Um, And wouldn't, wouldn't you say now, uh, because who knows what you would have been thinking back then, but wouldn't you say now that, now that you've gone through all that stuff, wouldn't you say you're a better person now? Oh, yeah, like, About 100%. In yeah. terms of maturity, in terms of uh, courage and what you're willing to face and willing to handle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if that's true and if that's the case, then how do we get to a point, and this is a question I don't have, any, have an answer for, uh, how do we get to the point as individual human beings where... Wherever we're con, when, whenever we're confronted with a circumstance of of suffering, or that just smacks us in the face over and over again, with the message that you are not in charge, this is not about you, mm-hmm. uh, this is not going to work out how you want it to. Um, how can we approach those circumstances and saying, "Oh, like life has something to teach me right yep. now," yeah. and that I'm still growing, I'm still becoming more fully who I am and who I'm going to be. Uh, and taking that, you know. I've said this a million times, but the
0: fact is that in that moment, when those things are happening, you're just gonna feel bad, and you're and you're you're gonna it's gonna feel so dis, especially the kind of stuff that I'm talking about that it, it feels tragic, and when like you said, like it sometimes feels relentless, like you're just being yeah. hammered in the face with the reality that you don't get to really decide yeah. what happens to you. What you can do, what you what you do have the ability to do is ascribe meaning to those things. When I say your story, when I talk about story being important and and narrative and all that stuff, it's because when you look back at that, nobody tells you, uh, it's like you're reading a book and what I hate is if you, I think you actually said this once, you don't like it when somebody who wrote a song tells you what it's about. Mm -hmm. I think you said that. And this is kind of that, which is if I just sit around and let other people tell me what the things that happen to me mean, they mean less to me. Yeah what's important is when I look back at it, I get to choose what those things mean. And I get to choose how they will affect me going forward. And I get to decide, and it's because of, look, if you listen to the sermon, I'm getting into the same kind of territory, but it's the it's the, the fact that those things can be resurrected and they don't yeah. have to stay negative. They don't have yeah. to be these bad energies. They don't have to, you know, we get to look at that and go, God, God in the resurrection, if nothing else, at a very simply basic level is him saying like, Here's here's a new world of possibilities yeah. and here's a new world of meanings for those things that happen to you. Yeah. And and the things that are supposed to be death, they don't have to be. So let them be something else. Yeah. Because I'm I'm making that a thing that can happen, you yeah. know. So let them be something that makes you create, that puts something out there, take that energy and 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 create something from it. And it's really but it's you know at the same time those things hurt and, and that's a part of the story yeah. you know you can't you, again you can't
1: change the elements or the narrative just what you think of it you don't get to you don't get to select or choose what you see or experience but you get to decide your vantage point right? mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's a good that's a good and and you get to decide
0: sort of when you come back and you tell people about it what you're going to say about it yeah and and how it impacted you you get to choose all those things but the things that you see you don't get to pick and um well to some extent because i couldn't i could have a different job and not have to see those things all the time but i don't want to because i like what i do yeah um boy man this will be a (laughs) two-parter i think we went over (laughs) that's That's okay that's all right you're it's the jeremy's jeremy johnson was the first two-parter um i appreciate you doing this i uh Everybody that's listening, I think this was a very different episode um than we usually have, but that's okay. Um eventually I'm gonna run out of guests and it'll probably just be you and me talking. So <laughs> people are just going like, why is he back again? And I'm like, Well, oh, he's the only one I could get to do this anymore. So um no, I, I just I, I thought it was important for us to um for one the show itself to have a response to what happened. Um, and, and you seemed like it you're a very thoughtful guy I obviously like talking to you but if you guys don't know when Jeremy and I get together we usually talk for like four hours um, so we again have managed to keep it compressed although the, uh, we didn't do as good of a job of that as we wanted to but um, I think that you know the, the takeaways from this are sort of that um, we can talk there's a time and space to talk about gun control and, and terrorism in response to uh, to ISIS and ISIL, mm-hmm. isn't I don't know which one I'm supposed to call them anymore. But I, I couldn't help you on that one. Yeah, I don't know, and I'm not gonna like Google it and find <laughs> out, you know. Um, but the the, the takeaway for me over the last week and maybe mm-hmm. for you too has just been that we just have to care about each other, and and it really does start with you and me individually deciding that we care about one another, and we're gonna go care about. I'm gonna love five people better today, yeah. um, and keep that attitude, and even even when. It's, it's, it's fleeting and it comes and goes and I understand that but just trying to have that of like no we really have to care about each other and that is the start of change and yeah. and, and I think I said and somebody's Facebook I posted this long long thing and I said you have to love people better and you have to believe that that really matters yeah. um, and if you do that you know at least your immediate community will be better and if more and more people do that it really i strongly believe it can affect change on a bigger level but it absolutely that's where it has to start individually so um for those of you who hate listening to me talk this is going to be a terrible episode because i talked a lot more than i usually do but jeremy um if people want to track you down if something we said and they want to uh have a chat with you or uh tell us why we're wrong about guns <laughs> which i'm sure will be a thing um where can they find you uh, probably Facebook would be the best okay. place to look me up, Jeremy Poland. Great. Um, they uh, and Thrive meets at ten ten in the mornings yep. on Sunday morning yep. um, at the Learning Center in West Des Moines. If you haven't come and checked that out, I would recommend it. Um, don't come when that Asian guy's preaching. He <laughs> yells at people.
1: Uh <laughs> Which I was thinking about how many people actually know you're Asian. I probably, mm. <laughs> That's a good By word. which you mean Chris Petrick, the Asian guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's is what, what I meant. Oh, yeah. yeah, so we
0: don't sound racist? Yeah, good call. Uh, that is, I actually, so there's been a bunch of reviews, and somebody, somebody reviewed it that I don't know who it is, which leads me to believe that it might be someone I don't know, which is mind-boggling to me. I'm like, oh, my gosh, somebody that isn't immediately connected to me listens to this thing. Um, which is cool. Which is rad, yeah. I, again... I don't know why, but um, yeah, you can find uh, me on Twitter at Chris Petrick. The show is on Facebook, uh, uh, Facebook.com/slash Chris Petcast. That's a good place to leave your um, look. If you want to tell us why we're wrong about guns, you're welcome to do it over there. I don't think we were trying to attack anybody on the issue, but um, or if you just have your input about these uh, these things and um, you want to make a comment or just say something or you're or even it's even a forum. I want it to be a forum in which. If you're trying to process what happened uh, last week and you're just saying like these are the things I'm feeling and I need to say them to someone, that's an okay, that's a safe place to do that.